Well, hello there, festive friends. Welcome to a special edition of Ineffably Sublime, where we dive deep into the folklore that makes the holiday season as enchanting as a snowfall on Christmas Eve. That's right, Mitch. It is the most wonderful time of year, and we've got something extra special in store for our listeners. Today, we are unwrapping the tales of two mythical Yuletide characters who've been making their lists and checking them twice for centuries. Grab your cocoa, snuggle up by the fire, and join us as we explore the dark corners of Christmas folklore. I'm Mitch, also known as the Spirit of the Woodpecker. And I'm Deej, your festive co-host and resident tinsel enthusiast. Today we're delving into the histories of the mysterious Krampus and the mischievous Bellsnickel. So whether you've been naughty or nice, settle in for a sleigh ride of stories that'll have you thinking twice about what might be lurking in the shadows on a snowy winter's night. Time to jingle those bells and unwrap the legends of Krampus and Bellsnickel on today's special episode of Ineffably Sublime. All right, Mitch, what's what's been going on, man? Nothing. I still love the tinsel enthusiast. Tinsel enthusiast. <laughs> That's what I got st- tinsel enthusiast. <laughs> That's what screwed me up on the next line. I was still kept thinking about tinsel enthusiasts. <laughs> oh man, I love it. That's right, folks. Uh, I'm your resident tinsel enthusiast. I fucking hate tinsel. <laughs> oh, tinsel's terrible. It's weird. My mom called me the other day and she was like, Hey, um, Hobby Lobby sells tinsel. And I'm like, Okay, like completely random. I've never <laughs> talked about tinsel with my mom ever. And she goes, "Yeah, it's eight bucks," and I'm like, "Okay, like that's yeah. really expensive for tinsel." She goes, "Yeah, I was I went there looking for tinsel," and I'm like, "What? <laughs> what are you looking for tinsel for?" <laughs> I haven't seen tinsel on a tree. Since I'm gonna say the mid '80s, at my one grandmother's house, she was obsessed with tinsel. It was it's always just hanging. weird. Yeah, it is very weird. I don't, I don't get it. And it seemed like it's a, it would be a hell of a mess to clean up too. I, yeah, I don't, I don't think it would be fun at all. I don't know, man. That's just weird. I, I've never even, I don't even know if I've ever handled the stuff. Yeah. It, yeah uh, been... To me, it would feel like stringy glitter. Yes. Yeah, it that's goddamn glitter. Yep, long strands of glitter. That's weird. Yeah, yep. Now whatever. I, yeah, I'm definitely anti anti tinsel, but that, I can't. I couldn't stop thinking about that. <laughs> that's so funny. So, folks, uh, we're here today. We're gonna talk a little bit about um, why we do what we do at Christmas time, and how these certain things that seem so commonplace have come to be because some of it is maybe not what you were expecting. And, uh, you know, if, if anybody has ever sat there and wondered, like, why do we drag a live tree? Why do we cut one down, drag it into the house, and decorate it with with little toys and ornaments and and, you know, all sorts of weird, like, why do we do that? And if you never thought about it, then welcome to the party, because you got Mr. Wonder over here and and uh, Spirit of the Woodpecker, who I often spitball off of, and he goes, oh, I never thought of that. Yeah. <laughs> like 99% of the things you ask me, I'm like, I never thought of that. Never, never considered it. it. Yeah. Yeah. So yep. these are things that I wonder of, and um, 
I have this is not my first soiree into diving into Christmas past um, and why Christmas is the way it is. But it's always fun to talk about, even though I know for sure I have at least one listener friend, Amanda, shout out to Amanda, who has probably heard me talk about these things three times over now because she's always been a fan of the podcast that I put out. And um, every year for the past like five years, there has been some type of podcast I've been involved with where we talk about the origins of Christmas and things like that. But hardly ever have I had an esteemed co-host that has gained so much charm and popularity among my fellow podcast enthusiasts. So I um, appreciate that. That's a nice compliment. I like that. Yeah. So we uh, this one will be uh, different yet, uh, you know, from the last ones that I've done. So yeah. Uh, to start things off, we are going to straight up talk about Krampus, and then we're going to talk about Bellsnickel, and then we have 16 other items that we can uh, go over in a short, brief history of each. Excellent. So, um, Mitch, you chose Krampus. I did. So I'm going to let you go ahead and get started with it. Okay. Yeah, like Krampus, like I told you when we talked about this, I had no idea it was a real thing. Never heard of it at all growing up. First I heard of it was when that movie came out. And I still didn't think it was like, had any history or any meaning to it. And then sure as shit, here we are. And it actually has a meaning. So Krampus, uh, the etymology of Krampus, he's uh, it's a central European popular legend. He's a half goat, half demon monster that punishes misbehaving children at Christmas time. He is the devilish companion of Saint Nick. Did not know that either. Krampus is believed to have originated in Germany, and his name derives from the German word Krampen, which means claw. So already my mind is blown that he's like, basically Santa's like, buddy. You know, it's I wouldn't like... call him a buddy, but yeah, we'll <laughs> go with that. Sure. Well, I don't want to call him a, well, yeah, I guess, I'm trying to think of another word than companion. I guess, uh... Uh, yeah, buddy's not a good word either. He's like his uh, benevolent sidekick. Like, yeah, yeah, just I so wild. So, to continue on, uh, Krampus was thought to have been a part of pagan rituals for the winter solstice, and according to legend, he is the son of Hell, the Norse god of the underworld. And then, within the spread of Christianity, Krampus became associated with Christmas despite efforts by the Catholic Church to ban him. I wonder why. Uh, the, cre <laughs> the creature and St. Nicholas are said to arrive at the evening of December 5th, which is called Krampus Snatch. No, <laughs> Krampus Snot. Krampus Knocked. Krampus Snot, yeah, whatever. Krampus is, Snatch. <laughs> Krampus Snatch. <laughs> so, so that's the other thing. It, December 5th, you know, wild. The wild St. Nicholas, of course, rewards nice children with leaving presents. Krampus beats the shit out of those who are naughty with branches and sticks. I added the shit. Uh, in some cases, he is said to eat them or take them to hell. On December 6th, St. Nicholas Day, children awaken to find their gifts or nurse their injuries. This is crazy. So, okay, so festivities involving Krampus include... Krampus Slough, which is the Krampus Run. So in this activity, which often involves alcohol, shocker, 
People dressed as the creature parade through streets. Scaring. Is it scaring or scarring? Either scaring. way. Either scaring. way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Scaring uh, spectators and sometimes chasing them. Beginning in the late 20th century, amid efforts to preserve cultural heritage, Krampus run become increasingly popular in Austria and Germany. During this time, Krampus began to be celebrated internationally, and the monster's growing appeal was evidenced by numerous horror films. Some claim that the expanding popularity of Krampus, Krampus was a reaction to the com commercialization of Christmas. So, I was on TikTok last night, and it must have noticed that I was doing a lot of Krampus searches. And sure as shit, in Austria, the other night was the Krampus snatch. No, Krampus schnoff. Krampus sloth was the was the parade, and it was freaky as shit. There is no way I would do that parade. It was at nighttime too, so it was at imagine. Nighttime. Imagine and, being told this story as a child. Like, oh my god! Yeah. Instead I of mean, instead of. Like, like Santa's gonna bring you a lump of coal instead of toys. Be like, no, no, no. If you're bad, a demon goat is going to come and beat the shit out of you yeah. with birch branches. Maybe even take you to hell for the night. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Oh my god, I just had no idea this was a real thing. And there was, I think, I uh, well, I just dropped my phone. There was a um, thing. I don't remember. I don't think I saved that part. But it was like so weird. It was almost like. Um, they said the Nazis actually did not like the idea of Krampus. So, like, the Nazi party was trying to get rid of the idea of Krampus, too. The Nazis were? The Nazis. <laughs> wow. How bad is that, that a Nazi is like, you know, we're not really digging this thing. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I just, don't know. That is pretty wild. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, when I saw that thing last night on tiktok i was like this is weird it was scary like i'm i am not i'm not a horror guy i do not like horror movies that's what i probably would never watch krampus the movie because i've seen enough clips of it that i'm like nah no nah, i'm not doing it i was gonna um, say you should at least watch the trailer i watched the trailer yeah and i i watched one part it must have been towards the end because it was when i realized I think I watched the clip before the trailer because that's when I realized Adam Scott was in it. And I was like, oh, oh yeah. my God. I'm like, Ben Wyatt is, you know, running around. Yeah, it was like they were at like the dinner table or something and then it got all weird and now I I bowed out rather. The movie is very weird. Spoilers for the end, but if you haven't seen it, it's like at the end of the movie, the, the whole family like wakes up like nothing ever happened. And then it is revealed that they are just trapped inside of a snow globe forever. Really? Yeah, it's very odd. Oh, that would be odd. Huh. Yeah. Like inside of a snow globe, inside their house, <laughs> like eternally on Christmas, inside the bag of Krampus. <laughs> Jeez. So weird. So it says here, uh, Krampus is often de depicted as a horned anthropomorphic creature with hooves and fur-covered legs. He may have lo a long pointed tongue. He carries chains, bells, and a bundle of birch branches or a whip. Hmm. His appearance is designed to evoke fear and intimidation. Uh, does a very good job. He does a very good job. Krampus is 
is said to accompany. So yeah, that that would be a good way to put it. He accompanies yeah. Saint Nicholas during the Christmas season. While Saint Nick rewards well-behaved children with gifts and treats, Krampus is responsible for dealing with the misbehaved behaving ones. In some traditions, the night of December fifth, also known as Krampus Knocked, is when Krampus is said to roam the streets. So this was just two days ago. Like, yeah, we made it out, man. Yeah. Well, yep. I didn't get a gift, and I didn't get the shit kicked out of me. So, and I'm not in hell. At least I don't think. So we're, or I think we're all right. Yeah. So we do they ride together? Like, well, I guess was was Saint Nick? Was he like? I wonder when Krampus was like the story was around. Was Santa flying in a sleigh with the reindeer, or was he? You know, like, how was his mode of transportation? I guess this maybe we'll find this out, maybe. I don't know. I mean, I, we've pretty well covered everything. It doesn't really say much else. Yeah. So that's what I wondered. Like, did they ride together or did they ride separately? I'm assuming. Well, you said, I guess, Krampus walks the streets. Yeah, but so where I guess does they he, would, how does he appear? Yeah. Yeah, like, does he hitch a ride? To, you know, do they carpool to a certain point? You know, do they talk about, you know, you figure him and Santa's got a game plan. Like, I got these, I got this house. You're going to get that house. Yeah. Yeah. There's got to be some sort of open communication. I think they're buddies. I'm going to stick. I'm going to go right back to what I, when I first said that Krampus and, and St. Nick are buddies. It says here, according to Alpine folklore, Krampus travels by lashing chains and bells through towns. Hmm. He visits homes and businesses on the evening before December 5th. Oh. Huh. Boy, that's wild. That is wild. Yeah. The like, literally, the, literally the picture that I'm seeing here of Krampus oh. <laughs> is, is just like, he looks like a chimpanzee with a really long tongue. And he's got like, a, he's covered in fur. He has horns and he has like a regular human face and human hands. And human feet. Mm -hmm. He's carrying a pitchfork with a child hanging off the end. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, wow. I've got. I've got the picture that I got first was. He's got. He's jamming one kid into a basket, and then there's a girl that's laying on the ground that's holding up. Looks like a thing of apples, and he looks like he's gonna. Yeah, he's black. Yeah, he doesn't have a caper in it. He's all black, big long ass tongue fucking weird oh here's one where he's actually dressed as santa he's got actually the red uh the red cape no it's not a cape what the hell am i thinking santa's red um like a coat coat yeah huh wow yeah yeah if anyone wants to take a look at this crazy ass bastard just typing in I images oh oh no Oh, I think I just saw the one that you just were talking about. It looks like a red background. Yeah. Yeah. So weird. Oh, they actually did a. I didn't know they did. There was an American, uh, American Dad episode that was Krampus related. I just see here. Really? And, yeah. Never saw it. Huh. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Krampus is a weird looking one, man. Yeah. What's what is this season? Boy, some of American Dad's Christmas episodes are pretty damn good. 
I mean, I don't know if I've ever seen that. Yeah, I know. I know. I didn't see this one. It looks like Stan's dad is Krampus. I don't know. I can't tell. Grandpa Jack. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. 2013. Well, I've been wow. watching American Dad for a long time, and I do not remember that at all. Looks we're going to have to find it and watch it. I think so. Yep. So good old Krampus. Krampus snatch. <laughs> I just saw... <laughs> uh... <laughs> okay. <laughs> the, uh... The next, the next uh, Christmas uh, figure is uh, Bell Snickel, which is uh, many of you friends will know if you've watched The Office. Dwight portrays Bell Snickel in one of the episodes, and uh, for fans of the Christmas Chronicles series on Netflix, Bell Snickel was the villain in the second movie, portrayed by a young boy. Um, Bell Snickel is a uh, is a character with German origins. Specifically associated with the Pennsylvania Dutch, oh, um, and their Christmas traditions. The name Belsnickel is derived from the um, German words "pels," meaning fur, and "nickel," um, a, a diminutive, diminutive for Chris for Nicholas. So the Belsnickel is often portrayed as a companion to Saint Nicholas or as a standalone figure with a distinct persona. So Belsnickel and Krampus are both of. German descent or yeah. German, not German descent, but German uh, folklore. That's wild. But German, German origins, yeah. Weird ass people. See, but this is Pennsylvania Dutch German yeah. speaking, German speaking immigrants. So, okay. People that came over from Germany and they're just like, uh, no, we'll yeah. be Belsnickel. <laughs> so see Belsnickel is typically depicted as a crotchety fur clad figure wearing tattered clothing made from pelts or furs he may wear a mask or disguise his face with soot Belsnickel often carries a switch or a bundle of twigs which he uses to playfully swat or discipline children <laughs> so he's pretty similar to Krampus They're, less yeah. evil yeah yeah it sounds more more of just a dickhead then like krampus is just straight up evil belsnickel as of right now just sounds like a dick yeah because yeah why would you playfully swat somebody with twigs yeah. that's just <laughs> that's a weird way to put it. that's just douchey material there that's just <laughs> uh i mean in the office what does he say when he comes around he goes are you impish or admirable <laughs> yeah, that's right <laughs> And he literally walks around to every person in the office and he goes, are you ambitious or admirable? And if they answered correctly, he would swear. If they answered incorrectly, he would swat them. <laughs> uh, I think I've only ever watched that episode once. Oh, I, it's so good. Because it's, I believe, isn't it the last season? I don't know. I think it's the last season and I didn't. I watched very, very little of the last season of The Office. I could not. Definitely funny, though. I like that yeah. shit. But I did I did watch it once, and it was another one of those. I'm like, well, is this, you know, something made up, or is this real? Like, what is, you know? And then I just didn't think twice about it. I just watched it and chuckled and went about my business. That's definitely a real thing. Yeah. 
See, Belsnickel is known for carrying a bag of treats such as nuts, candy, and small gifts. However, he may also have switches <laughs> for, or coal for children who've been naughty. The gifts and punishments serve as incentives for children to exhibit good behavior in the weeks leading up to Christmas. Belsnickel traditions vary um, among different communities. Excuse me. In some areas, Belsnickel is part of a larger Christmas Eve celebration. While in others, he may come, I'm sorry, he may visit homes on separate occasions. Pennsylvania Dutch communities have uh, preserved and adapted the Belsnickel tradition over generations. Okay. And doesn't Dwight say he's Pennsylvania Dutch? I think so. I think he, yeah, I think he, so that, that makes sense. Okay. Huh. Let's see. That's interesting shit. Here, you do the next one. Okay. So we got, um, cultural influences. The Belsnickel tradition reflects the influence of German folklore and customs brought to America by immigrants. Similar figures with different names and characteristics exist in other Germanic cultures, which is basically what we were just talking about with Krampus. It's very, very similar. Uh, they just kind of uh, did little tweaks and stuff. Right. Yeah. Then, yeah, then Belsnickel has made appearances in various forms of popular culture including literature, television, and film. In some depictions, he is portrayed as a mysterious and enig... Enig... Oh, boy. Enig... Enig... Oh. Say that word for me. <laughs> Enigmatic? There you go. Character. Adding to the folklore surrounding this unique Christmas figure. Enigmatic. Wow. I was prepared to just let you keep trying. <laughs> we would have never finished the show. <laughs> <laughs> and again, and again, and again. Oh man! Uh, enigmatic, enigmatic. Yeah, I don't know why I could not get that fucking word out. Wow. Yeah, Belsnickel and Krampus are very, very. Yeah, because like I said, they make so many similarities that they're a companion of Santa, or I guess they keep calling it Saint Nick, not Santa. But he's a you know, and he's you know, bringing. Wigs and switches and everything, you know, and he's the complete opposite of Saint Nick. I think I like, I think I might prefer Belsnickel to Krampus, obviously. I mean, well, yeah, that makes way more sense, but yeah. Krampus is terrifying. Well, Krampus is, yeah. Yeah, if you want to put the fear of God into kids, then introduce Krampus, but... You want to fear make of it God, a little fear more... of demons. Fear of demons, yeah, fear, fear of Satan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, well, that, that's going to do it for uh, those weird two characters. Yeah. <clears throat> so let's go, let's dive right into um, why we do Christmas trees. And I had something else prepared for that that I forgot to include in the notes here, but... This says, whoops. All right. Uh, the Christmas tree tradition tradition gained popularity in, again, Germany and uh, spread throughout Europe in the 16th century. Decorating evergreen trees symbolized life and fertility during the winter months. The tradition was later introduced to England during the Victorian era 
through Queen Victoria and Prince Albert, which it seems weird to me that they would just like, let's take this evergreen tree and put it in our house and this symbolizes life and fertility and it's also gonna die soon. Yeah, yeah. Like if you don't water it, it's dead within a week. And even if you do water it, it's dead within a month. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Very weird. Yeah. So and it was it wasn't more for it sounds like it was more like a fertility during winter months. So its original plan was just to keep it it wasn't for Christmas, it sounds. It sounds like it was you put a tree in in there just for the winter. Yeah, well, let's see here. It says uh, evergreen trees and other evergreen plants have traditionally been used to celebrate winter festivals pre-Christian slash pagan and, Christ uh, and um, Christianity for thousands of years. Um, they used branches of evergreen trees to decorate their homes during the winter solstice as it made them think of the spring to come. Okay. The Romans used fir trees to decorate their temples at the festival of Saturnalia. However, the, they were quite often different to what we now think of as Christmas trees. Okay. Nobody is really sure when fir trees were first used as Christmas trees. It probably began about a thousand years ago uh, in Northern Europe. Hmm. Christmas trees might have well started out as paradise trees, branches or wooden frames decorated with apples. These were used in medieval German mystery or miracle plays that were acted out in front of churches during Advent on Christmas Eve, which We'll segue us into the next one here in a second. In early church calendars of saints, the 24th of December was Adam and Eve's day. The paradise tree represented the Garden of Eden and was often paraded around the town the day before the play started as a way of advertising. Um, the plays told Bible stories uh, for people who couldn't read. Oh, okay. Which back then was probably a ton of people couldn't read. Right. Yeah. So that probably so, helped quite a bit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the first documented use of a tree at Christmas time and New Year's celebrations is argued between the cities of um, Tallinn and Estonia. Both of them are in Latvia. Both claim that they had the first Christmas trees in 1441 and 1510. Ooh, that's a Both, big yeah. year gap. That is a big year gap. Also very long ago. Yeah. Both trees were put up by the brother Brotherhood of Blackheads. In which... <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> um, which was in association of local unmarried merchants, ship owners, and foreigners. Wow. Hmm. Bunch of losers, it sounds like. Hmm. Blackhead. Brotherhood of the Blackhead. <laughs> Bunch of losers, it sounds like us. Yeah. <laughs> well, God. would you say they were all what un unmarried men, ship merchants, and someone else? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just a bunch of just dudes sitting around, nothing else to do. Uh, what, the, what do you want to do? Uh, let's carry a tree around. Let's go put one of those trees inside our house. Like, yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, you've seen those memes recently that have started out. Uh, I've never, they're pretty new, but like it's just a random picture and it'll say men will see this picture and just think, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did start seeing those. Oh yeah. man, that's exactly what. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so artificial Christmas trees, uh, they really started becoming popular in the early 20th century in the Edwardian period of Christmas trees. 
Oh, in the Edwardian period, Christmas trees made from colored ostrich feathers were pretty popular and fashionable at parties. Around 1900, there was even a short fashion for white trees. So if you thought colored trees are a new invention, they're definitely not. Over the years, artificial trees have been made from feathers, paper mache, metal glass, and many other types of plastic. According to the Guinness World Records, the tallest cut Christmas tree ever was 67 centimeters, or I'm sorry, 67 meters, which is 220 feet. It was a Douglas fir. It was set up at the Northgate Shopping Center in Seattle, Washington in 1950. Oh, wow. Boy, I would have always just assumed that the one they did at uh, New York City would always be the tallest. What was it? Hard uh, to Rockefeller, Rockefeller, Rockefeller Center, yeah. yeah. Hard to believe that there was one taller. Yeah. So the, ta- the tallest artificial tree um, is a little bit taller than that by about 10 feet. It's 236 feet tall. Hmm. Pretty crazy. Wow. That is that was, crazy. That was in Colombo, Sri Lanka in 2016. Oh, oh them damn Sri Lankans. <laughs> they do love a good artificial tree. That's right. They did. That's what they I've heard. Do. Yeah. <laughs> I hate, I hate white uh, Christmas trees. Like that are not not ones that like they that you don't know you uh, use that fake snow on it and stuff. I'm fine with that. that's what we actually have. But the ones that are just white white, I can't. Oh stand yeah, it's, those. it's so random. Yeah, and they hurt my eyes. I think they're just something. They're very distracting. It's like tinsel. It's just like a it's like a tinsel tree. It, no. Yeah, yeah. I can't I can't do it. I hate them. I can't and I will not. You will never see me anywhere near one of those hate huh. them yeah yeah the hatred it is a <laughs> hatred for white christmas trees because to me a christmas tree is green that's the only color that it is you how do can't... you feel about black christmas trees that are decorated for halloween uh no <laughs> no no absolutely not I Guys, one of my favorite things about Mitch is that his opinion is so hard and so quick. <laughs> if he doesn't like something, he's just like, no. no. Nope. Yeah. yeah. And then None. you'll be like, why? Just because. Because no. Yeah. That's just why. Just no. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't oh, like to, I don't like to get too uh, I, I, too elaborate in my, you know, my stories. My, Preferences? You know, when yeah. When, when I don't like something, it's just no. And then we move on. It's like, why? Because. Because I said no. It doesn't matter why. I just yeah. said no. Yeah. It's like, like Fez from that 70s show. Yeah. I, I said good day. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I've no, I don't think I've ever seen somebody decorate. I'm sure I have. I'm lying. I'm sure I've seen it, but it's just that does not sound right. A black tree. What, are, what about the more arbitrary thing, like upside down Christmas trees? Who the hell does that? Some people do. Why would <laughs> some they people do, do it? What's that mean? Um. Yeah. Uh, hold on. Because uh, isn't there a story about um, if somebody's got an upside down pineapple in their front yard, that means they're swingers? Have you heard that? Yes. Okay. So is this like an upside down? Some Christmas people will. Tree? No. Some people will often even go. Um, as far as to like, like if you're a swinger and you're looking for, you know, other swingers, you'll go to the store and you'll pick up a pineapple and you'll put it upside down in your cart and just walk around. 
<laughs> advertising like, hey, this is this is how I, this is how I fuck with life. Are you into it? <laughs> Will a pineapple stand upside down? Are the are the uh, are the tops of the pineapple strong enough? I wonder. I'm yeah. sure they are. Are they okay? It's been a while since I've handled a, a pineapple, so I'm not sure. And obviously, I'm not a swinger since I don't see that going around. I'm going to be looking around for upside down pineapple people now. I'm not going to do anything, but I'm going to be interested. But you need to be like, hey, I just noticed your pineapple's upside down. Let me just flip that over for yeah. you real quick. Hey, have a yeah. good day. <laughs> you Merry know what I'm going to do? I'm going to look at them and I'm going to go, no, 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 you don't do that. No. Hard opinions. That's a hard no for me. <laughs> that is a hard no, literally. All right. So, uh, so the tradition of a hanging a Christmas tree upside down dates back to the Middle Ages. It has religious significance and represents the Holy Trinity. Hmm. The central doctrine of Christianity doctrine of Christianity that represents the unity of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Legend has it that Boniface, Boniface, oh, but Boneface, Boneface. <laughs> I don't know. Bo Boniface. I'm gonna go with Boniface. Let's go with Boniface. <laughs> A uh, Benedictine monk used the triangular shape of a fir tree to explain the Holy Trinity to the pagans in Germany. Oh. Many retailers oh. today sell upside-down Christmas trees on tree stands. Oh. Do you want to hang one from your ceiling? You want to make sure the trunk is thick and sturdy so you can drill through it easily. Hmm. I mean, it looks ugly as shit. I don't know yeah. why anybody would want to do it, but... Yeah, this I'm looking it up now. That's absolutely ridiculous. How to pronounce bone bony face? Bonafacci. Let's see what's a uh, YouTube's gonna. Uh, oh, bo bonaf boniface. Google's telling me it's pronounced boniface. I like bonafacci. I like bonafacci too. Yeah, that's let's go way. With that. That's way better. Yeah. Yeah. The Legend upside has down. It. Yeah, legend has it. <laughs> legend has it that Boniface? No, that's terrible. <laughs> like, let me tell you the legend of Bonifaci. <laughs> Bonifaci. Yeah, that sounds. That's kind of got a sexy ring to it. Yeah, better than yeah. Boniface. Bonyface. Bonyface. That's what it looks like. Bonyface. Bone. To call him Boneface. Boneface. Boneface with his upside down trees. <laughs> Screw him. <laughs> All right, uh, mistletoe. Are you a fan of mistletoe, Mitch? I don't know. We got a little well, bit of Mitch Mitchelltoe action. Yeah, I, maybe. I, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. Back in my single days, I'd try to, you know, find where it was and see if somebody would kiss me. But that's, it just sounds kind of weird. So no, you don't, you don't carry them around tied to your waist. No, that's so immature, and I've done that enough times that it's not funny anymore. I gotcha. Yeah, I used to do that at our old company Christmas parties because they would hang it. And of course, I would pull it down, and then I would, you know, hang it on my belt. <laughs> yeah, it's, it was funny at first. And it's yeah. just not, not funny anymore. That's. I guess if it's done right by the right person, it might be funny again. Right time and place, sure. Yeah, but other than that, it's a it's a fake laugh instance for me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So mistletoe significance dates back to the ancient Druidic and North rituals, Norse rituals, where it was considered sacred and believed to be have healing properties. In North mythology, 
Uh, mistletoe was associated with love and reconciliation. Its integration into Christmas celebrations, it's tied to the Victorian revival of ancient traditions. Okay. So, why do we kiss under the mistletoe? The custom of kissing under the mistletoe seems to come from England. Um, the earliest recorded date mentioning kissing under the mistletoe is 1784 in a song from a musical comedy called Two to One. The custom appears to have started around the 1720s, so an early Gregorian period. Mistletoe was also hung on old English decorations, the Christmas bow or kissing bow, bow, whatever you want to call it, which was very popular during the 1700s, hence the name. Well, hence the name what? Oh, kissing bow. <laughs> hmm. So, yeah, I guess that's just what it is. Yeah. So it was meant for originally just for healing properties. Okay. A lot of Norse mythology going on. Because uh, Krampus had some Norse mythology to him, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They said he was, what, the son of hell. Or Heil. I don't know. It was H. I wonder if that's like I wonder if that's like Hella, like Thor's sister Hella. Oh, I betcha. I wonder. I bet you you're right. So the the next two kind of go hand in hand, and then I'm gonna I'm just gonna go ahead and let you know also that in regard to North Norse mythol Norse mythology, um, I believe that the Norwegian people have their the very first entrance of, of Santa Claus into their culture has to do with Odin. Really? Yeah. Huh. Wow. Somewhere. Let me find. I don't know why that's not on here. Um, yeah. Hold on. I know when uh, the for the video game people, uh, the last God of War game. It was a lot of Norse mythology. It was a lot of uh, Thor and Odin. And man, in that game, Odin is a total asshole in it. Oh, really? I was expecting Anthony Hopkins Odin. And I got, you get very, very far from that. Well, even the dude that, that's Thor is, is a horrible person in this game. Which I think some people, if you, you know... Like people, like scholars and stuff. I think they say that the God of War interpretation of Odin and Thor are more accurate in that game than than what we see in the Marvel movie. Huh? Yeah. But do I know that? No, I have no <laughs> clue. <laughs> so let's see here. Some historians believe that the Norse god Odin may have influenced modern Santa Claus. Odin was revered by Germanic people in the northern in Northern Europe as early as 2 BCE. He was celebrated during Yule, a pagan holiday that took place midwinter. Um, here are some of the ways that Odin have, have may have influenced Santa Claus. Odin's gifts. He was a gift giver who would sometimes give gifts to humankind. During Yule, Odin was said to lead a wild hunt, a ghostly procession through the sky. The pair would ride at Yule, terrifying those who dared to be out but also bringing candy and toys to children. Odin rolled a, uh, rode the midwinter sky on his eight-footed steed, Slefanir. Slefanir? Slefanir? I don't know. Yeah. Visiting his people with gifts, Clement Seymour replaced Slefanir with eight flying reindeer in his 18th century poem. 
Um, Odin's beard. Odin had a white beard. Thor was represented with a long white beard. So there's that. Okay. So we can thank Odin in a little ways for the creation of what Santa looks like. Right. And, so, and the sleigh and the reindeer and all that shit. So you take that story and you couple it with number three here, Christmas stockings. Take it away. Christmas stockings. So the story of St. Nicholas and the three sisters has variations across cultures. In some versions, the gold coins miraculously landed in the sisters' stockings hanging by the fireplace. Who the fuck are the three sisters? The tradition of hanging stockings for gifts became popular in the United States and other countries. St. Nicholas and the three sisters. Yeah, so, okay. It's said to be that there is this guy um, who, you know, obviously named St. Nicholas, and there was yeah. a, a man with three sisters, or I'm sorry, three daughters, Let's see. Uh, the most famous story about St. Nicholas tells the, um, how the custom of hanging up stockings to the presents first started. There was a poor man who had three daughters. The man was so poor that he did not have enough money for a dowry. I don't, what the fuck is a dowry? Isn't that a, oh no, that's a doily. Never mind. Uh, a dowry, so his daughters couldn't get married. Oh, a dowry is a sum of money paid to the bridegroom yeah. by the bride's parents on the uh, wedding day. Yep. So this still happens in some countries even today. Anyway, it said that one night Nicholas secretly dropped a bag of gold down the chimney into the house. This meant that the oldest daughter was then able to be married. The bag fell into a stocking that had been hung by the fire to dry. This was repeated later with a second daughter finally determined uh, determined to discover the person who had given him the money the father secretly hid by the fire every evening until he caught nicholas dropping a bag of gold nicholas begged the man not to tell anyone what he had done because he did not want to bring attention to himself but soon the news got out and everyone and anyone and when anyone received a secret gift it was thought that it was maybe from saint nicholas wow huh yeah i say that story threw me off immediately when i heard when i saw the three sisters Right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah, that that brings us right into Santa Claus. So St. Nicholas is a Christian bishop in the 4th century, Asia Minor, was also known for his acts of kindness and generosity. The Dutch brought the tradition of Sinterklaas to America, evolving the figure uh, of Santa Claus. Coca-Cola took that image and made iconic illustrations by Haddon Sundblom in the 1930s, and it solidified the modern-day image of Santa Claus. So it was because of Coca-Cola that we got the modern image of Santa. Okay, that makes sense. Um, girl I grew up with, Stephanie, uh, her mother was huge collector of Coca-Cola stuff. And, oh yeah yeah and, there, and she had a, a lot of stuff and it kind of felt like there was a lot of santa claus related stuff in there yeah it definitely I, is there, there's a lot involved with it um let's see here and then of course we know about coca-cola with the coca the coca no the coca leaf and the cola beans no right. the cola nuts cola nuts I actually had a friend reach out to me the day that we released that episode, and he said, I just came back from the Coca-Cola Museum, so 
you're literally like rehashing everything that I just learned. He goes, that's so cool. That is cool. I didn't know there was. Well, I guess there probably is. I wonder where that's at. Where a Coca-Cola museum. Yeah, I don't know. Huh. That would be fun, I think. So this here says Santa Claus is... Santa Claus has been featured in Coca-Cola ads since the early 1920s. The Coca-Cola company began its Christmas advertising in the 20s with shopping-related ads in magazines like Saturday Evening Post. The first Santa Claus ads used a strict-looking Santa Claus in the vein of Thomas Nast. Um, in 1930, artist Fred Meisen painted a department store Santa in a crowd drinking a bottle of Coca-Cola. The ad featured the world's largest soda fountain, which was located in the department store Famous Bar Company in St. Louis, Missouri. Meisen's painting was used in print ads that Christmas season, appearing in the Saturday Evening Post in December of 1930. So Coca-Cola helped shape the image of Santa Claus. That's a long article, but yeah, that's that's pretty much the gist yeah. of it, is that they, they created that Coca-Cola Santa, and that's where he got the red suit, the black belt, you know, the white oh, beard. Wow. White beard, rosy cheeks. Yep, rosy cheeks, all that stuff. Yeah. Wow. That is, that's some interesting stuff there. Huh. Coca-Cola, who would have thunk it? I know. Coca-Cola's been around for a while. An old Hodden Sunblom. Or Hayden. Hodden? Ah, uh, who knows? <laughs> Oh, so now what we got now? We got Christmas caroling. Ugh. I hate that. I hate those people. So caroling has its roots in medieval England, where groups called waits sang songs during festive occasions. The tradition spread to other parts of Europe, evolving into the door-to-door -door caroling we know today. In Victorian England, carolers often received treats and money for their performances. They got paid to do that shit? Apparently. Well, they got Dude, treats. I would do that. If, yeah, I guess it depends on how much money I'm going to get and what the treats would be like. I just door-to-door door singing I'd, Wham. Oh, oh my God, <laughs> singing Wham. <sighs> I'm telling you, best. I there was, a, there was a friend I had on Facebook, and he put on there that Last Christmas is the worst Christmas song out there that has ever been made. And I was you seriously close to unfriending. No. Yeah, I, I, no, I made a, uh, I, a gift that said, how dare you? Um, that's pretty much how, that, that was all that I left it at, was how dare you? I, I just don't know how, I don't know, maybe it's because that's like the first band I remember loving was Wham. That was my first video, or, or uh, cassette tape I ever got was uh was for christmas in whatever 1984 85 i got wham's make it big was my first uh cassette tape wow loved wham loved huh. them yep yep it's I growing on me it's definitely growing on me yep love it love it i actually listened to uh because we were talking at work the other night about uh the band manheim steamroller which i thought anybody 40 and older that was just you know aired in everybody's houses because that was like the to me it felt like it was the band of the 80s when it came to christmas music and of course we had sheila and krista had never heard of them 
So, and I never listen to Christmas music when I'm driving in the car by myself, but the other uh, the other day after coming home from work, I listened to about, about three or four of their songs. And I'm telling you, I'm, I'm, I'm back to being a Mannheim steamroller guy. That, that, by my calculations, is about 14 minutes. Yep, it was about 14 minutes. Yep. Yep. <laughs> All right. Um, the Yule Log. I like Mannheim Steamroller. I'm, I'm right there with you. It's very oh. 80s, and that's oh, my it's, jam. Oh, the synthetic keyboard or whatever you want to call it. Synthetic. Yeah. What's that called? Is that what it is? Synthetic. Just synth, yeah. Just synth? Okay. Yeah, just if you guys like anything 80s, you've never heard of just at least just Google and just listen to Deck the Halls by Mannheim Steamroller. Give it a shot. You'll if, love it. If time travel ever existed, I, I would definitely choose the 80s every time I went on vacation. Yeah. Oh, For yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here's a quick, here's a, you know how we always say about how, you know, certain tastes and certain things remind you of a certain time. Yeah. So we'll say it was 1987, 88, something like that. We were at the Clearfield Mall, which at this time was awesome. It had stores, one end to the other end. It was busy. And I decided to throw up in the hallway right in between where Ames and Fashion Bug was. Oh, accidentally or recreationally? Uh, Oh, it was accidental. And it was, you know, when you're that young, you know how it is. You're just like, ooh. I don't feel well. And you don't even get that part out. And then you're puking. Yeah. And I puked everywhere. So all I can remember is puking, being carried out to the parking lot, thrown in our car. And then just remember listening on the way home and then even like getting home. And I was like laying on the couch, you know, sick, hearing Mannheim steamroller. So when it comes it's amazing to, that that translated to a love for it, not a hatred. You would think you would think that I would hear, you know, Mannheim, and I would instantly start gagging. But, but no, it, it it brings me more joy listening to it than that instance of puking all over many people. I'm sure. It took because me like, like said, 16 it, years to be able to eat Cool Ranch Doritos again after getting sick off of it. So, oh really? Yeah. I still can't do eclairs. Uh, oh yeah. Yep. Because I ate an eclair and I puked at the Clearfield Mall there too. I, I've I've had a couple instances of puking there. That one I made it outside though. But I can't. Wow. Yeah, I still can't do uh, eclairs of any sort. As soon as I hear that, I'm just like, nah, I don't think. So, eh, so well, we'll be done talking about puking now. I think we should. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> move on All right, the Yule, the Yule Log. Yule log. <laughs> the Yule Log was originally part of a pagan celebration during the winter solstice. Families would burn a large log and the ashes were believed to have protective properties. As Christianity spread, the Yule Log became associated with Christmas celebrations, often accompanied by elaborate rituals. Okay. All right. I like the, uh, the channels that you can get where it's just nothing but a Yule Log burning. That's oh like, yeah like a three oh i love that i just there's just nothing better than hearing a like a fireplace fire the crackling of the of the of the wood absolutely i put them on every year yep yep i love a good yule log and then of course my pap would always say around christmas time when he had to go go to the bathroom he would say oh time to go drop off a yule log so 
Never, never eat raspberries. You never, never eat raspberries. Gonna drop a Yule log when I eat the raspberries. <laughs> uh. <laughs> All right. So nativity scenes. This one's pretty self-explanatory. Uh, Saint Francis of As- Assisi created the first nativity scene um, in Greccio, Italy. Yeah. The to emphasize the humble birth of Jesus. The representation includes not only the Holy Family, but the but also various characters like shepherds and the Magi, fostering a visual storytelling tradition. Yeah, that's one's pretty pretty self-explanatory. Yeah. 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 So I'll go ahead and do Advent calendar. Okay. So the Advent calendar's origins can be traced to the mid-19th century Germany again. Early versions featured religious imagery or Bible verses behind each door. The 20th century saw the introduction of advent calendars with small gifts or chocolates, turning into a cherished family tradition. Has anyone ever really been able to have the self-control to literally just open one up every day? Because I know I haven't. Clark Griswold did. Clark Griswold did do that. Yes, he did. I mean, we, we we have an advent calendar, but it's just like you just like move a little candy cane each day. Oh, okay. But um, I've never done any of the other ones. Like, yeah. Like, not when my Izzy favorite was, thing to do. Yeah. When Izzy was growing up, we would get those ones that every day there was like a, yeah, like a little chocolate in one. And we would make it to, I don't know, the 10th or 11th of the month. And then it's like, nope, we're just open them all up. Get yeah. the candy. Yeah. Or she would do it. And it's just like, yeah. You, I don't I, I don't blame you. I would do the same thing. So Advent is a period of four Sundays and weeks um, before Christmas or sometimes from the first of December until Christmas Eve. Advent means coming in Latin. This is the coming of Jesus into the world. Christians use the four Sundays and weeks of Advent to prepare and remember the real meaning of Christmas. So definitely a very popular tradition these days, but not, not for me. I have a, uh, I guess you would call it an Advent Nakatomi Plaza, where every day of the month I slide Hans Gruber down a day. Anyone that's uh, followed me on Facebook knows last year I ended up getting it. I cannot believe, well, I didn't get it. Autumn got it because I showed her a picture and I was like, oh, like that would be so cool. And here it was like $40 and it's basically just two really cheap pieces of wood and yep. it's very very cheaply made but i leave it up all year if i can because i just there's just nothing wrong with watching hans Big, fall down yeah you can watch die hard every day except for christmas yeah yeah isn't that isn't that crazy you know if here's the thing I mean, we can go on this whole big long thing with is Die Hard a Christmas movie because I'm in the minority and I say it is not. Because if it was a Christmas movie, why is it not being played during Christmas? I never see it being aired during Christmas. Right. I'm with you. I'm, I'm in the same boat. I don't yeah. think it is. Just because it's, it's on Christmas Eve and there's Christmas related things going... It is not a Christmas movie. And I I was I was always on the other end. 
And then I don't know what hit me. It was a couple years ago. I was just finally like, no, it's not. I no. guess my, my theory is, like with me personally, if I don't watch Christmas movies in March or April, some people do. You know, I know some people that, you know, they can watch Christmas related stuff year round, but I don't. Because if, you know, Christmas vacation comes on and it's April 20th, I'm not watching it. But if Die Hard is on TV on April 20th, I am watching it. So that's my philosophy to that is, is that it's, I could watch it 365 days a year. Right. Now I remember one instance when I was young, I was younger. I don't remember exactly with the age that I guess that doesn't really matter, but I was at the, I was at the pool all day and I went home and for some reason felt so inclined to watch Jingle All the Way. Oh. And I remember very much enjoying it in the middle of the yeah. summertime. But since then, I've never done that again. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, like I said, I have no no, no issue with anybody wanting to watch. Because doesn't Hallmark do like Christmas in July? And they'll they like all of a sudden just start playing. And, you know, there's people, you know, a couple women I used to work with that I know for a fact that they would watch those movies. Um, one lady, I'm pretty sure she set, you know, uh, puts up her Christmas tree in about September, uh, just because she loves the holidays so much. So I've got no, no problem with people wanting to do that, but you cannot, you cannot say that Die Hard's a Christmas movie. When Bruce Willis came out and said it wasn't, when John McClane says it's not a Christmas movie, then I take McClane's word for it. Right. You're done. Yep. Yep. I'm with you. Good. Good. So that's two of us. We're 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 in the minority, that's for sure, I feel. I know, I know. Yeah. It's unfortunate. It is. Um, let's see. So gingerbread houses. Gingerbread has been used in various forms since ancient times. But the tradition of creating elaborate gingerbread houses became popular in yep, you guessed it, Germany <laughs> in the 16th century. The practice games pro gained prominence after the Brothers Grimm included a gingerbread house in their fairy tale, Hansel and Gretel. Hansel? Do you know that? Uh, there's a uh, old Looney Tunes commercial, or uh, not commercial, I'm sorry, cartoon, where it's Hansel and Gretel. And when the kid always says his name's Hansel, they're always like, Hansel? And they say it because <laughs> they're just appalled at his name and they don't understand it. They're just, Hansel? <laughs> I've never heard of that. That's funny. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, it's great. It is. <laughs> Google that. Google that sometime, I'll, or I'll find you the video and I'll send it to you. Ansel? <laughs> Ansel? <laughs> like, like all the moments in Family Guy when Chris is like, "What?" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love those when he does that. <laughs> That's funny. Uh and gingerbread houses, uh, another pop culture reference. Um, Ron Swanson of Parks and Rec fame cannot make a gingerbread house. They do a episode where they wanted to make, uh, I think Leslie was on, uh, I think it was when she was suspended. Um, and they wanted to make her something. So they all decided to make a gingerbread house of the parks department. And Ron was like, yep, yeah, I can do this, no problem. And then he ends up not being able to do it. Um, 
And Andy, Andy is the one that's able to to make it because he's so, he, what he's, how do you say that? He's such a connoisseur with candy or something like that. Um, and then he had, you know, Ron has a mini freak out because he's like, I can build, you know, canoes and I can do all this stuff, but I, I can't put two pieces of graham cracker together. That's so, that's so funny. Yeah. Ron's yep. very, very handy. Yes, he is. I can't yep. do that. I've never, ever in my life built a gingerbread house. No, me neither. I think we got one a couple years ago. It was a gingerbread house and a box. And, you know, oh, easy to install or easy no, not install. Easy but... to install. <laughs> <laughs> or easy to assemble. Easy well, to no. install. Well, no, I mean, you're kind of installing a gingerbread house. No, you're not. <laughs> oh, Frick. So, anywho, uh, easy to assemble, and it is. It was very far from being easy to assemble. Um, yeah, it it did not turn out very well. It tasted good though, uh, but <laughs> but the installation was not was not easy. <laughs> oh, oh my man. god, that was funny. Aren't you glad you're hitched? You you hitched your wagon to this guy. I sure am. <laughs> easy, easy install. <laughs> oh, oh man, that was funny. Oh <laughs> uh, well, let's go to Candy Canes, shall we? So we let's got the do it. The origin of the candy cane is often traced to a good frickin' Lord German choir master in the late 17th century. He requested the creation of sugar sticks with a curve to represent shepherd's staffs and use them to keep children quiet. Uh-oh. During... Oh, Jesus. I just lost it. Um, keep Christmas them quiet services. during Christmas services. The red and white stripes are said to symbolize the purity and sacrifice of Jesus. So it was basically made to shut kids up. <laughs> Seems like it was... You can you can do all this. All oh, the stripes did this and the stripes did that. But no, it was... We're going to shut these fucking kids up. So let's make some, you know, some sticks of sugar. <laughs> but there it is, like, German. Damn these kids, man. Like, yes. What can we do? Yeah. Annoying as shit. Like, let's create candy. Yeah. That will last the whole time. Yep. They'll suck on them. They'll be quiet during, you know, during church. And then once they leave, they're going to be on a massive sugar rush. And they're going to be assholes again. Um. But yeah, there we go. Frickin' Germany again. So basically, we can thank Germany for all of this. Yeah, it's, pretty much. Pretty much a German thing. Except for Christmas cards, because they started in England in the 19th century. Ooh, nice segue. Yeah, Sir Henry Cole, a civil servant, commissioned the first Christmas card in 1843. The popularity of sending festive greetings through cards spread rapidly, becoming a widespread tradition around the world. Huh. I don't do cards now. No. Even for birthdays, anything. I don't do cards. Um, for for like Valentine's Day, mm -hmm. I will go. I will I will find myself at the grocery store with my wife, and I will go pick out a card and be like, "Here's what I would buy for you," and let her read it, <laughs> <laughs> and then put it back. Yeah, yeah. Because what do you do with them? Yeah, it's like you keep them, you thank them, yeah, put them on the fridge, or you hang them, and then. And I don't even do that. The, yeah, you know, then what's the etiquette for it? Like, well, like overall, like what do you do? Like, when do you pitch them? Like, 
do you have to hold them? Do you have to hang them? Do you have to set them? Then if you do, how long do you have to hold it? Do you have to wait till that person comes and visits you if they live nearby? You know, so that they can say, oh, hey, did you get that card I sent you? And I'll be like, no, I fucking threw it out because it's a waste of paper. What do you do? So, yeah, I'm totally with you on this. Christmas cards, cards in general, unless it's like hilarious, I never buy them. Like, Autumn's bought me a couple over the last couple years, mainly because they're hilarious. But she could just do what you just said. Well, she could even just take a picture. Like, if I were to buy you a card, this is what it would have said. You, right. Yeah. Yeah, because I've... I just always remember growing up, I'd be like, if you're going to give me money, instead of buying me a card, just add that amount that you paid for the card and put that in with the money and just hand me the money. I don't need a card. I just think that it's like, why? I, I yeah. don't get it. I don't, I don't understand the, you know, if what, you're, unless, unless you're like taking a, you know, an annual holiday photo, like. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't know, man, my, my life has morphed with the rest of the world. And I, I don't see like, like my sister-in-law, God love her. She is very, very, she, she doesn't have social media. Mm-hmm. So she's very traditional in, in lots of ways, you know, and this is one of them. Yeah. Um, she'll, she'll do Christmas cards. She'll do an annual photo. She'll send it all out to everybody. Like, and that's fine and dandy. You know, yeah. do what you want to do. I, I'm yeah. never going to not appreciate getting a Christmas card, but I'm sorry. I'm throwing it away. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Do you want to include a card? That's fine. I'm going to look at it and be like, oh, what great sentiment. But other than that, it goes in the garbage with the rest of the wrapping paper. Like, yeah. If it's a, see now I'll, cause it's funny. Cause I was just going to ask you what your stance was on, you know, when you get the, the, the Christmas card, I put in air quotes. That's basically a picture of the family. I'll put it up for the season and then it goes away. Yep. So that's how I'll save them. Yep. I, but she'll dude. she'll even like, she'll even like still send out like for her children's birthday party, still like physical invites. Really? It's so old school. And I'm just like, and and she expects RSVP. And I'm like, Yo, like we don't need the good old respond si vous play anymore. Like it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't matter. Like yeah. she, well, how do you do it? I'm like, I just sent out an invite on Facebook to everybody I want there, and they it, they show up if they want to. Like yeah, it's, or you you wow. send a group message. But she's like, well, I don't do Facebook. Like so that's on yeah. you, bro. Like I don't yeah. know what to tell you. Like I'm or not going to a text. You. Just text them. Say hey, party here. Be there or not. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't wow, mean, and it's so, you, you want to know my biggest problem? And for years, since as far as I can remember, when I became, um, like just independent on my own, mm-hmm. never, I, I hate buying stamps. <laughs> oh yeah. Loathe entirely. Yeah. <laughs> I hate it. It's so, they're so <laughs> expensive. You don't use them. Mm-hmm. And like, if you're going to send out cards, man, that's not cheap. You're right. If right. you need to send out 50 Christmas cards, bro, that is like $40 worth of stamps. True. Yeah, because what the hell is a stamp now? A stamp's like damn near 50 cents now, isn't it? Yeah, it's like a book of stamps is like 20 bucks. Yeah, yeah. I think when so I, I stopped sending out stamps for stuff like that, it was like 30 cents, and that was a shit ton of money. Like, I don't do, I don't write checks. I don't 
send letters, you know, mm -hmm. and if I need to, like, you used to be able to go over to Hallmark, the store. Yeah. To walk into Hallmark, because I would walk in the mall, and I would just be like, give me one stamp. And they would mm -hmm. sell me one stamp. Nice. 50 cents, whatever it was. Uh, Here's a quarter. Give me one stamp. I'd put it on the envelope, and as I walked out the mall, I dropped it in the mailbox that was right outside the door. That was how I handled it, and that's how it needed to be handled. I don't yeah. do... The rest, that's when someone's like, oh, can you write me a check? Like, a check? <laughs> what, what year is it, man? Yeah. Like, why why are you still checks. writing checks? I can't. I, like, yeah. I just think it's dumb. Yeah. I, yeah, there's there's times I still uh, I still do the occasional check. Um, yeah. You know, but, like, yeah. I can remember one instance within the last five years where I wrote a check for somebody. Oh, for, really? Yeah, like, it was, um, like, I used to have, like, water treatment in the house. Mm-hmm. And like I decided that I didn't want want that company to give me water anymore, and they were real weird about like they wanted to come get their equipment out, and I'm like, well, that's fine, you know. And they they came on their own time, and then the guy's like, well, you owe me 170 dollars. I'm like, I don't have that. Yeah. He's like, well, you can write me a check. I'm like, I guess. So I had one check. I wrote it to him, and I said, I'm gonna need you to cash this immediately. Yeah. And guess what? He didn't. Oh, and it bounced and yep. it became a problem. And then he like took me to the magistrate and it became a big thing. And I'm like, bro, like, that's why I don't like checks. Like, they're <laughs> yeah. stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime anybody hands me a check, I go straight to Walmart. I don't mm -hmm. go to my bank. I don't go anywhere. I go straight to Walmart and I say, cash this check. And they say, well, it's mm -hmm. going to be a fee. Like, I don't care. Cash yeah. it. Cash it. Yep. Yep. Because I don't want to hold on to your stupid check. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, I get it. I get it. But now going back to like Christmas cards, like when somebody does send like a, you know, like the holiday, like an actual picture of the family, those I actually will save. I never, I never pitch those. I don't know why. I just feel like that they, it feels like they worked harder to, to send that to me than just a regular card. Have I you guess. ever reflected I, on them? Have I ever done what to them? Why would I reflect on them? Like reflect how? Like what's what that? What are you mean? saving them for? Oh, I don't know. I just, I just feel like I have to save them. Like, and like, then I put do them. You the, feel we like, have, like in the, the little... future, sometime, that family is going to be like, hey, do you have the Christmas card that we sent you back in 1997? <laughs> yeah, I don't and, know. Like, I that guess... you're going to need to produce it and be like, yeah, as a matter yeah. of fact, I do. Well, yeah, I mean, the ones, it's probably the ones that I do get, I, I know no one's ever going to ask, but I don't know. It's just one of those weird little things that that's just in my head that I'm like, you know, they got her picture taken. You know, the poor kids probably suffered to have to go through this. Just to be nice, I'm going to just keep it. And, and and I think, I haven't gotten one in quite a long time. I hope it pays off I, for you someday. I'm sure it won't. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm almost positive it won't. But, you know, like I said, this is also one of those, maybe since my age group are the last one, because would it have been my age group, your age, that like the actual physical card, or um, not cards, I'm sorry, pictures, like actual photos, like you would go to the photo store and get the pictures developed. You know, the, and you never pitch those. So I, I don't know if it's... I'm just hanging on to the whole nostalgia of actually having a, an actual physical photograph that it's like, well, it's a photograph. So you don't throw out 
photographs. I don't know. I really don't know. I've never really. This is the most I've thought about this ever. That's so why I'm here. Yeah. So <laughs> that I think that might be what it is. You know, because I still have like in my in our bedroom, I have, you know, a ton of pictures from growing up. You know, and then even when me and Autumn started dating, you know, up until like 2010, 2011, when, you know, you just, it didn't happen as much where you get your pictures developed. You, you, you just have them saved on your phone now. I just, uh, man, with the birth of phones came the birth of me thinking that paying for a physical photo is just outrageous. I won't do oh, it. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. know, I, I can't. Like we went to, um, it was just a couple months ago, like a, like a zoo, mm -hmm. I guess. It was kind of like a zoo. It was not very far away. Um, I forget what it was called. That doesn't matter. But while we were there, they were like, oh, would you like us to take your picture with this animal? Uh -huh. And my wife and my stepdaughter were like, yeah, let's do it. And I'm like, it's 15 bucks. Whoa. Jeez. 15 bucks for something and then and it now it just sits on on the a dresser yeah and i'm like nobody's like being like get that picture like <laughs> yeah. let's look at that let's reflect on the day like yeah. it's not like that you know and it's not it's the same concept as like you know and maybe i feel a little bit bad for saying this but like i don't buy my my kids school photos i don't we do it one. is outrageous yep. yep how much they're charging Yep. For even we, just a digital one, man. It's like yeah. 29 bucks yep. for an email? Come on, yep. dude. I'm not doing it. Yeah. You know, we, I would, if uh, someone's going to buy it, I always have to fight with their mother. You know, hey, let me see the school, the kids' school pictures. And I will uh, scan that shit on my computer and put it on my on a yep. flash drive. And I'll print it my damn self. It's easier, cheaper. If I want to put it in a frame, that's a different story. I've got a little family wall in my basement here, but even so, the kids' pictures haven't been updated in a couple yep. years because oh, I'm wow. just like, I'm not doing it. Like, I'm yep. not buying that. Yep. Yep, you know, I get it. Take a selfie. Okay, that's cool. But like, you're not going to, what are you going to do with it? Mm -hmm. You know what yep. I mean? Put it on Facebook. That's where That's where it's going to go and stay. Mm hmm that's yeah. the way I see it. I can't do it. And if I ever go to an amusement park, someone's like, hey, we took your picture going over this roller coaster. Like, that's cool. I don't need it. Nope. <laughs> How much you want for it? $35? No, thanks. Yep. <laughs> I do think it would be hilarious, though, if you're just like, buy, try to buy someone else's. <laughs> like, not that one. I want that one. Like, yeah, that one right there. That, that one's cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like their expression much more than mine. Yeah, but, I just, I don't know, man. I just think it's... Yeah. Feel like, I feel like I really feel like I remember this more if you give me that family's photo. Yeah, like. <laughs> yeah. but no, we, uh, yep, like for Izzy's school picture, we get one picture. And I think it's another one of those. I think it's, maybe it's our age group that we still feel like you have to have a, a physical photograph to hang. You know, I think it's just that 80s mentality that this is what you get. You know, because even when I went up to my sister's, I was getting ready to tell her. I'm like, oh, well, we'll get you a picture of Izzy. And I'm like, no, we won't. We only got one picture. Like, that was it. And we have it hanging in our living room. Right. Um, which, like you even said, we don't need to do that. I don't know why we even do what we do. I think it's just that that 80s mentality that, you know, I think anyone from 40 up, I'm assuming, I'm thinking maybe that that's what everyone thinks. You know, we're still in that 
physical photograph still kind of mentality with certain things. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm just not the sentimental type. Like, I don't think, no, I think there's more people out there like you. You know, like I said, once you get younger, once you get like, you know, into mid-30s and and younger, it's a, it's a different, well, you know, it's a different generation. It's a different, you know, philosophy when it comes to a lot of stuff, you know, because we didn't have any of that shit back then. It was, you know, you needed a picture, you you know took the picture then you had to wait till all the you know all the photos were taken so you know christmas well i shouldn't say christmas because we could use a you know like two rolls of photos you know but still even after right. christmas you would have to wait because we'd have to drive down to rite aid and then give them the roll and then they would have to take you know and this was even before the 24 hours it would sometimes it would be days you know? Right. Well, and it, and it loses the appeal. You know, back then yeah. you're like, hey, I took 25 pictures. I have no idea what's on this yeah. camera, man. Like, yeah. we're gonna find yeah. out in three weeks. Like, yeah, yep. you know what I mean. And then you get them, and you're like, wow, look at that. We captured yeah. a moment. And, you know, now yeah. it's just so commonplace. You just, yeah. You know, I capture. You know, I was, I was took a picture the other day just to remember what I which line I put on CIP five. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Just so simple. Yeah. Yep. so easy just like let's take yeah. a picture of this yeah. screenshot but, this recipe like yeah and there was nothing more exciting than when you would get to you know like i said anyone in my age group would know when you would go and you would pick up your photos that was so exciting because you had no idea what was in there what we were gonna look like um like you said there'd be things from like three months before it's like oh my god yeah that's right we went here and we took pictures there it was oh it was the it was the coolest thing ever yeah i, and I just it. it's funny because now they have like cameras i don't know if you've seen them they're 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 pretty new mm -hmm. but they're like it's a digital camera but it's a physical camera but it's, it takes digital photos mm -hmm. and you get 25 mm -hmm. at a time and i'm pretty sure you even have to like roll like crank that little knob oh okay and you take them and they look like that they were taken on uh, disposable, but you really? can only take tw yeah you can only take twenty five at a time. They look genuine, mm -hmm. it, but you could upload them and then it, when you upload them, it resets the camera and you can use it again and do the same thing. And they have that same look as if like you were to take it on on a disposable, but like you know for one hundred ninety nine dollars or whatever it is, you can do it forever like infinitely. Yeah, and you have digital versions of them instead, like and you don't have to worry about going and getting them developed, which is cool. It's a cool concept, but I just, yeah. I don't see the appeal. Now, I did see something that was like, um, there was a, a woman who's like, oh, this is something I do for my kids every year. And they, they really love it because it's, for them, it seems new. Um, and this is like a stocking stuffer idea. And what it was is that you go and you take pictures throughout the year, just using your phone. Mm -hmm. And um, at the end of the year, you go and you print physical pictures from the whole year oh. and you put that in their stocking and then they can take that out and reflect on them physically as opposed to just looking through them on a phone okay which is a really cool idea but I love and, it. And, she, and she's like oh my kids get real excited about it and they have physical pictures and they often you know go back and look at them again and you know and, and for them it's new and like for someone like your daughter who's what 13 14 yeah 14 yeah so she's yeah. been born into cell phone life mm-hmm 
you know, I explained to my kids the other day, like, I didn't have a phone growing up. Yeah. When I was your age, there was no phone. Like, you didn't have a tablet. Like, you couldn't just put whatever you wanted on TV, and they were blown away. Oh, yeah. Yep. You know, like, we had to take pictures and wait for them. And, and even, even when I was young, my mom had a Polaroid. Oh, the Polaroids, yes. Yeah, so it was like an instant photo, you know what I mean? But still, I thought that was just the the, the snake's hips, dude. I was like, this is cool. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like I said, kids don't understand what it was like, um, especially with a lot of that stuff. Yep. Makes me feel old when I have to explain it. And once again, it's one of those, like, when we talk to Brant, which... Like I said, I, I hated how I said that I hate talking to him sometimes because it's not exactly how I meant when I said it the other day. Right. It's just he makes me feel old when I, you know, tell him stuff. But there is a part of me that when I do talk about that, like to the younger, our younger co-workers and to Izzy and like when she's got her friends up, you know, it is kind of fun to talk about be like, you know, you guys are watching this whenever you want. We didn't have that. We would have to. You know, if we wanted to watch something, we'd have to make sure we would record it on our VCR tape just at the right time, you know, and it still wouldn't come out looking, you know, looking all that great. Um, Man, I mean, even I come from a time where, like, if I I heard a song that I really liked, I'm like, how do I get it? Like, Mm -hmm. you can't just get it infinitely, you know, that's like I forever be indebted to Spotify for being so valuable and, and... Whatever, but I can remember before, even before illegal downloading, my mom was like, oh, we, you know, just play the song on whatever and you can record it right off the radio. And I'm like, holy yeah. shit. Yeah. <laughs> <That's> revolutionary. <laughs> this is a game changer. Oh, yep. Oh, my. Yep. Feeling old again. There we go. Great. And I even had this thing. I can't remember what it was like. A, I, I was probably in eighth grade. And it was so, do you remember the time, like, the transition that we had between, it's probably not even as significant as the transition that happened between, like, boom boxes and tape and tape decks and things like that to CDs. This is even more insane. Like, from the transition that we had from CD players, like, from Walkmans to, till we had MP3 players. Oh, yeah. The amount of crazy shit that came out. Oh, my God, yeah. Like, I had something, it was called a mini disc player. Mm-hmm. And it played like, well, they looked like floppy disks. Yeah, yeah. And yep. that was like the new thing. And I had one of those. It was pretty cool. And then um, before I had an MP3 player, I had, it was like a little, I want to say it was more like a novelty, but like it was a little white egg. It had a green screen and it had a little um, like headphone jack thing that came out the side. Yes. And you could stick it into any headphone jack. And it would record yeah. a song onto it. Yeah, what the hell were those things called? I, I vaguely remember I have remember no that. idea. Yep, but I had I one, and I had so many songs on it yep. that I would just steal off the radio. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I forgot all about those. Or steal it off someone's CD player. Like, they would yep. play it. You have to listen to the whole thing. Yep. And it would yep. just record it onto your little thing, and then you could go play it back anytime you wanted to. And then I got an MP3 player, and like that, everything was dead. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Cause I went straight from, yeah, I, I did straight from CD burner to MP3 player. And, and I was very late to the MP3 player game because I thought, I don't, I'm not going to figure out how to use them. 
And I wasn't paying for, uh, what was it, for Napster. I'm like, I'm not paying for that. Because you, you have right. to pay for it. I think so, yeah. Yeah, so I ended up using that. It was, uh, what was it called, LimeWire. I ended up using that, and we were told that that, you know, basically corrupts the shit out of your computer. Um, luckily, we never had that problem. We were we were always very lucky. And then, Crazy. Uh, yeah, yeah, because we went, yeah, CD burner to MP3 player to to get an iPhones and then that's pretty much it. Yeah, now I have a uh, I have a record player upstairs that is also a Bluetooth speaker that is also a tape deck that is also a CD player. God damn. That's yeah. a lot of stuff. I know. Yeah. Huh. Any any form of music I, I can get my hands on these days, I can listen to it on you that can listen thing. listen to it. Yeah. We need to, I like, need to break out so, my... Man, I don't even have CDs anymore. Like... I still have a couple floating around, but I obviously don't ever use them. I don't need to use them. Wild. Yeah. I think the last one that I used, it was called The Rocky Story. And it was pretty much the all the songs, the instrumental songs, and the real songs of all of the first four Rocky movies. I still listen to those until maybe about three years ago. Then I was finally smart enough to realize i'm like you know i could probably find this on apple music and just download it so that's yeah yeah like i said i still got a couple cds floating around but yeah never never touch them anymore huh yeah wow Wait, we, well, went, we went on a roll there with that one <laughs> i started with christmas we... cards <laughs> <laughs> i was just gonna say we might as well just put the rest in christmas part two yeah i think maybe Wow! Yeah, that was, but that was a good that was a good rabbit hole we went down though. That was it was I yeah mean, we went everywhere there. <laughs> but I, I yeah I mean it's just all part of the the reflect the reflecting of of life and and getting older yeah. I guess it's just yeah you know yeah. even even more so like another one another good one is like clocks like I don't I have a clock one clock we have a yeah. clock in every room. Like, like an analog clock? Yeah. Wait. What do you mean analog? Is it like the that's that's got the numbers? Like like the circle? Is that what you mean? Yeah. 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 We've got one and we got one here in the living room. And I set it back when we turn the clocks back. I set it forward. Yeah. We have one big giant ass one in the kitchen too. Yeah. But even so, like I don't, you know, like my mom calls me every, you know, twice. You know, she calls me more than twice a year, but. Those two times a year where uh, she's like, hey, don't forget to turn your clocks back. And I look around yeah. and I'm like, I don't have anything that needs yeah. to be turned back. Yeah. Like See, nothing I, at all. That's what I kind of think that we still live in that that time frame. I'd like to know like people in my age group, like if they have. And I've never really ever asked any, like even my, you know, my best friend, Joe, I've never asked him. Like, do they have, do you guys have a... Uh, clock you know like any of that stuff but I'd, I'd like to know does anybody else have like from the age of 40 i would even just say 40 some 40 up you know do you still have you know like a cd player sitting around and a you know do you still watch blu-rays just because or have you know keep physical photographs the one thing i keep thinking of i don't think i have them i think my sister might have them is because of course, when we were growing up, we would have the camcorder to, you know, to record all of our Christmases. And 
you know, so as of right now, all of my Christmases growing up are on uh, VHS tapes. And we'd always talked about getting them transferred at this time, getting them transferred to a DVD. But now, you know, it's like, man, I'd really like to, you know, to watch those again. And I don't know. Can you even buy VCRs anymore? It's funny. I, <laughs> I had, I had the same thing. My mom got a bunch of like old family tapes, mm -hmm. um, converted into DVD and I had found them and I was like, I want to watch these. Yeah. And I didn't know what to use. Oh. I was like, I don't have anything to watch this on. Uh -huh. And at the time, I think I had my PS4, but it like wasn't hooked up. And I was like, I wish we had a DVD player because I do still have some DVDs. Mm -hmm. And I ended up buying one from a guy just down the street from me. He's like, I have one. It's a DVD VCR combo. You can have it for oh. 10 bucks. Oh, nice. And so I got it. And I couldn't tell you where it is at the moment, but I, <laughs> I did get it. And I, I have it. And I was able to watch my DVDs on it. But I, have ne I haven't put a tape in a VCR in ages. Yeah. I, I don't even remember the last time I've even seen a uh, VCR. <clears throat> no clue. I know at one point there was one at Goodwill, and I was really close to buying it. This was, I don't know how many years ago, you know, and they only wanted like five or ten bucks for. It. And I should have, I should have pulled the trigger and done it, but I didn't. And now I'm like, yeah, I was like, am I ever gonna be able to watch these again, or am I gonna have to send these out? Like I said, I don't even remember where they're at. It's crazy. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing that like things like that haven't made a resurgence like vinyl has like vinyl yeah big resurgence yep oh and, like there's just nothing cooler than that that sound of pushing the 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 vcr tape in and then you hear it drop down and then make those little weird sounds that it makes as it's getting ready to play oh, oh yeah brings back memories big time memories there was something else i was gonna say i don't remember oh well it doesn't matter yeah. But yeah, that's just, you know, the, the way things go, man. Yeah. The way yeah. she goes, boys. The way she goes, boys. <laughs> that's the way she goes. All right. Well, are uh, you ready to You think we should wrap it up? No pun intended? Yeah, let's go ahead and wrap her up. All right. All yeah. right, folks. As we wrap up this uproarious journey through the inexplicably sublime, we want to leave you with a challenge. Share your thoughts with us and any of the topics that we've covered here today. What is your take on Christmas? Do you do anything at the holiday season that you think is kind of weird, maybe quirky, that you want to know the origin of? And we'll cover it in the next episode that we do about Christmas. Um, do you have a pop culture trend that you want us to explore? Or perhaps a mind-boggling question that you would like us to take to the Curiosity Cabinet? Connect with us on social media and drop your wittiest ideas and become part of the Ineffably Sublime community. We're on Facebook, TikTok, Threads, and Instagram, and we are available anywhere that you could find a podcast. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button for your guaranteed dose of laughter and enlightenment. And if you like the show, please leave us a review. It really helps others like yourself discover us. <clears throat> and again, uh, if you leave us a review, we will read it on the show, good or bad. And we'll likely rate your review on the Pretty Nuts scale of 1 to 10. And um, that being said, Mitch, you have any closing statements? No, because I usually say something stupid, so I'm not going to say anything. Uh, no, just I everything that you basically said, just yeah, we'd love to hear from you guys. You know, give us give us anything. Give us a, 
a hot take, you know, even a lukewarm take. We'll take even that. Um, yeah, if, yeah, give us some, you know, because we'll be doing another Christmas episode. So, you know, if you have something out there that you thought of, you, you think we could talk about or maybe we can make fun of you about or you can make fun of us, bring it. We're ready for it. Yeah, and there's also ways that you can send in voice recordings. So if you want to hear yourself on the show, by all means. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, well, that being said, guys, um, we'll be back again shortly with another episode and possibly a review or a discussion on maybe Christmas Vacation, perhaps, something along those lines. So we're going to do a Christmas movie, and um, that'll be that. That will be that, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll have to do Christmas Vacation very soon because I, I can't wait to talk about it. I know. I need to do another, uh, my yearly rewatch. Yeah. Yeah. And then it was on for what? Well, last last weekend, I think it was on for 24 straight hours on TNT, Damn. I think. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. yeah. It would have been uh, the Saturday after Thanksgiving. Yeah. That's when it was. That's yep. pretty cool. Yep. Eat my rubber. <laughs> I love that part. <laughs> Eat my rubber. Eat my rubber. Yeah, it's not right, Dad. <laughs> I learned something interesting about that movie, and I, I, I will. You know what? Actually, we'll just save it for the show. Let's save it. Yeah, let's. Yeah, save we'll it. save be, it. Be sure to remember review. it. Be sure. I'll to try remember. to remember it. Okay. All right. I'll put it in. I mean, I'll type it in the notes here after we're done recording. There we go. So, all right, folks. That being said, we'll see you on the other side. Yep. Latest on the Men Jay. <laughs> Yo, I was just gonna say that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, I got nothing. We're out. (laughs) I'm done. There you have it. We have been your guides through the wonderfully weird, and we can't wait to dive deeper into these categories in future episodes. Stay tuned for more unpredictable, edgy, and uniquely hilarious content. And remember... It's a strange world out there, but it's all part of the ineffable, the sublime, and the magnificently bizarre. Thanks for listening, and be sure to stay tuned for more.